it's Tuesday night, if it's the middle of the night, and you got nothing to stream or nothing better to do, you know what? There's always a new episode of Binge Watchers. Crack open a cold box of wine, or pour something cold on ice, because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. episode is dedicated to Chester Pobble, who lives in Ohio. He's been tuning in for the last 50 episodes. This one's for you, buddy. I think he's a Halloween fan, and we're actually talking about Halloween Part 3, which is, depends on where you live, um, you either have heard of it just being called the Marsupials, or the Marsupials Halloween Part 3, Halloween Marsupials, or Halloween 3 Marsupials. In a, uh, different global markets, they might call it something different. Or it could be the gathering of juggalos. You know, I'm sure where there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shit on that field and tickling. So, there you go. Insane Clown Posse, some of their music's actually pretty good. I just watched them in a movie. They actually got the band to be in um, this movie called Family. Where this they are, are. yes. <laughs> Have I not mentioned this on I the show? I can't, I can't even give a synopsis of the movie because Dave interrupted me. That's, that's actually, no, like, no lie. That's, like, one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. It's actually really good, and I'm actually kind of pissed because nobody knows about this movie. Well, dude, like, I heard about it from another, from some show, but... Are you opening like, a candy wrapper? Are you eating maybe. chocolates? <laughs> he's already no. gone to his munchies, folks. Or he's eating an edible because something... It's just, like, crinkle, crinkle, wrapper, wrapper. <laughs> um... The um I don't know where you watched it if you rented it on Voodoo or whatever but um they whoever put it out on video I think Universal Studios did it no favors like it has the most generic nothing it's easy to judge a book by this cover mm-hmm. but uh I don't know I I really dug that movie yeah it has a very simplistic title it's literally just called Family but yeah the the middle school girl is like every little kid she has like a modern day little kid attitude and um it talks about how everybody's kind of an outsider within their own shell and we're com- where you have to deal with all this all this stuff coming at us all this information all the time you can't disconnect and actually just like inhabit your own skin and what's funny is like the aunt- they did this so well like the aunt and the niece have the same personality right like, what the little girl is freaking out for the aunt is freaking out for but then, yeah, it's like you, like you said, you know, there's no fanfare. Nobody knows about it. The culture of the Insane Clown Posse and their fans to be included in the movie is a really cool, like, value to the movie. And nobody even knows that this movie's out there. It's a new movie, so you heard it from the binge watchers. Go and, like, get it, whatever source that you have. Amazon, I'm sure, has it. And I watch it on Comcast. But, I mean, I'm a media whore. I have everything. I have, like, Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, Voodoo. I know Spotify is for music, but whatever. I I'm just like right. massive. I'm massively consuming as much material as I can. Yeah, maybe yes, I, maybe I, I, I highly a, recommend Family. Yeah, yeah. and it, look, maybe I have a problem. I don't know. But I, 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 guess, I guess it's a that. good thing that I'm part of a group called binge watchers. So, <laughs> is uh, that like Weight Watchers? Like we have to like support each oh, other. Oh man, we're we gonna have like a loyalty program. Like oh, I watched ten films that they told me to watch. 
Actually, we should. We should build up some kind of loyalty reward system. Like, oh, congratulations, you listened to 20 episodes. Here's five points. When you get to, I don't know, 50 points, we'll give you a free movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, kind of give away um, ugly sweater blanket things uh, that Hallmark Channel is selling. So all we're looking for is five-star reviews. I mean, all you have to do is literally click your screen. You don't have to put words in there. You can write your name and just click the number of stars. That's all iTunes cares about. That's all they're calculating is those fucking little tiny stars. And I swore. So now the algorithm is going to punish me. Oh, well. Um, We've been swearing on this thing since, like, day one, probably. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I haven't made a conscious effort not to, but, like... I have. I have actually been pretty good lately. Oh. So I guess me with no effort is all right. (laughs) But what I've noticed is... Dave is com- committing, like, cardinal sins in the podcast world. He smacks his microphone around. He opens candy wrappers into the microphone. <laughs> like, you've gotten real lazy with your with your podcasting ethics. Uh, as I far apologize. As, like, being a, an immaculate professional. Actually, uh, man. I'm trying to make this uh, show punk again. I think we've gotten uh, too big. No. We've gotten too big. <laughs> We've gotten too, we've gotten too, yeah, we're front page of iTunes. We've gone too corporate. <laughs> oh man, what's funny is have you ever looked up uh, looked us up on different platforms like um, Altel is like another podcast player, and so it just calculates what episodes people are playing on their platform, uh-huh. and like what it has for like our top episodes is different from like what's on like Castbox as our top episodes. Or what's different from like what iTunes like chartable.com is saying are our top episodes. So we have different audiences on different platforms and so um I guess this is all like behind the scenes podcast stuff. I guess like this might be boring some people. I realized they're here for Halloween three. <laughs> and I'm and I'm just like geeking out on podcasts. But um I, I don't know if that says anything about Howling Three. <laughs> which you can get. We have a link in our podcast. You can grab that link. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for free right now, or if you just want to download it one time, you don't want to join Amazon, go ahead and click it. It's only like three bucks. And um, yeah, or you can go see it at our our friends on Tubi are hosting the movie currently, but I would prefer if you click that Amazon link. No particular reason. It's not like we have like an affiliate code or anything. There's no what? there's no reason why you should go to like something called our Amazon store and, and watch the movie there. I have no, there's no incentive whatsoever. I'm just going to sit here and drink my Dr. Pepper that I got from Wendy's. By the way, they have a jalapeno chicken sandwich right now. Say what? Yeah. I'm all about the jalapeno. I fucking love jalapeno burgers or, yeah. And as you know, as you know, uh, I had a work trip in Austin. Well, my day gig. I had a, a work-related trip in, in Austin. And I actually found out too late that Arby's exists there. Oh. And I would have gone I would have gone to Arby's. I would have taken a lift car, you know. I would have lifted myself to Arby's if I knew it was there. It was on the other side of the freeway from my hotel. I would have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize you were such an Arby's fanatic. Dude, I'm like a ridiculous fan of Arby's, and there's there's one here in Springfield, Mass. If anybody is familiar with Springfield, Mass, you just don't go there. You go there to go to a theme park. You go there to go to Six Flags. There's a, I, and first of all, it's kind of scary to think the state only has one Arby's, because there's in no way, shape, or form can that be the most competitive Arby's, and it's not going to be good, right? I mean, you got one restaurant, and 
I don't know where their distribution center is, but if you ever track restaurants, if the restaurant is so many miles away from its distribution center, it's not the same food quality. So right. I'm like, okay, this one Arby's in the middle of Crackville is not going to be the Arby's to go to. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> you can't get your beef and cheddar from there because you're probably going to walk away with like a, a form of hepatitis. You know. Um, and, oh, yeah, no, but you can no at least diss, walk away with some Arby sauce. No diss on Springfield, by the way. I mean, some of our people do listen in Massachusetts. Um, no diss on that, but the Six Flags, you know what I'm talking about. And it's questionable. Do you go to Arby's that day? Okay, if I felt like if my life was over, maybe I would go to that Arby's. Like, do you ever think about that? Like, do you ever ponder your decisions if, like, okay, this is the last Thursday on Earth. What am I going to do? I got eight hours to make this day worth it. Am I going to go to Arby's? Get that horsey sauce? You know what I mean? Am I going to jump off a bridge into a body of water and, and like, swim all day? Am I going to, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what, I, I don't know. I guess you're talking bucket list stuff. But, um, you, you ever feel excruciatingly like, okay, Dave, Dave keeps making jokes that we're old. And I'm like, that's what's going to make us feel old. Like, I don't want to talk old, but I, we can talk tired. I can say fucking tired. I'll I'll admit that I got bags under my eyes. I got people in LA talking about reunions. I don't know if did you see this? Like okay, in film school there was a little collective of like friends that used to shoot these Im- improv films. They it looked sketches, whatever. Like you uh-huh. show up at dude's house, the you'd pay your crew and cast with like a case of beer, and you'd shoot a movie for like a couple hours. I think you were in like the LA Vice sketch. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you got the evite, but apparently dudes are throwing together like a reunion, and I'm like okay, so. Who's the fattest? Who's the baldest? Who has the most kids? Who's getting audited by the IRS? You start to run all those things through your mind. I don't want to go there because what am I going to say? Oh, we have a great podcast. Um, all my screenplay options expired. Well, there's some good stuff in there. I mean, you got a you know yeah, respectable there's good, job. There's good, there's good stuff. It's you know, you got to get two good kids married. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, all downhill. Oh. <laughs> I I have a way of saying the the right thing the wrong way. <laughs> well, I'm actually talking to some people who might put some money into the podcast horror movie we briefly mentioned. I don't know how far we got into it on this show. I'd have to go back and listen because I think it was mentioned on the podcast, but I don't really know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm working on some leads to get some new money, and this other guy who usually is good for some freelance work, he had, like I think he got arrested in Belgium. Say what? Yeah, there's like three or four people that I can count on to give me, like, if I need some extra money, I can do, like, this little projects, you know? But, um, this guy, he's like, what, like, kind of strung me along and I thought I was going to get ten grand, and I was like, okay, I'll use that ten grand to, uh, um, you know, make something. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'll spend a grand a day. That was what I thought. A 10-day shoot, you spend a grand, and then after 10 days, your movie's done. And, like, I was, like, counting on that for this year. I mean, my only goal this year was to make a movie, and I kind of failed. Like, I want to get my book out in October. Um, That's probably not going to happen. But uh, I wanted to make a movie. I was, like, trying to make a movie before this year wrapped itself up. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh... I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna happen. But I but I'm like I have like this uh a laser like focus to waste time right now. Like I'm intensely focused on not getting anything done. So hyper focused on it. 
I I have that same problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I'm doing all right. You're you're right. There's been a lot of things between film school and now that are definitely like moments to be like on cloud nine. Like you got this done, you got that done, you got this done, you got that done, and all the while you kept working and chugging along on all the shit that you cared about. But then again, um, there's definitely things that you have to try to get done. Like what scares me now is like how valuable time is. Like life, mm. life is, it seems like life is literally uh, out to get everybody and life is chaos. And that's, that's what you're competing against. You're not com- c- competing against other filmmakers, other storytellers, people that might have better resources than you. They're going to anyway, but that's not necessarily what you're competing against. Like younger people that might have more energy to, to de- devote to a project or they're learning skills faster. I was thinking about this. Like, the technology is getting better and better, so skills that we learned, like, let's talk about video editing, for example. It was harder for us to edit videos on, like, the version of Final Cut and Premiere Pro and Avid Cinema that was coming out back then. Now these guys download the software, right? Yeah. They're cutting videos, and they have so many plugins now and so many templates, like, effects already built that these guys can cut things out. And not to say that they're great editors, but they can do stuff that makes them look like they're professionals, you know? Right. So there you go. Um... Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Where was I going with this, Dave? Where was I going? <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> oh, time being valuable. Okay, so... Yes, yes, yes. So your life is... Your own life is the obstacle. What you face in your life that you can't predict or you can't plan for and the stuff that you that you regularly wrestle with. I only have this much money. I gotta, you know, I gotta take care of this car. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I'm like... And I'm wondering if I'm even reaching the right audience because I'm like who feels like me oh a lot of people my age feel like me but where are they are they listening to podcasts like maybe they don't have the convenience of listening to a podcast because their life is kicking their ass so hard they don't have the 10 seconds to even play the app on their phone or even download the app do you know what I mean like if you think about it right like the people that I care about are the people that feel this level of intense frustration and pain like I do like basically like it was actually great to see my friend who moved to Austin you know what I mean who did the elevator girl with me back in the day Mm -hmm. and like was doing theater and then doing like TV in LA and then like just moved to the music scene in Austin because he pinpointed like no John you did this John you did that John you're capable of doing these things and then he heard my almost maybes and the missed opportunities and the contracts and the screenplay options that expired and he heard all these things and he's like do you He said, do you realize people don't do those things? And those things don't register to me as, like, successes, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I think about is, like, yeah, but then I I lost this apartment here. This car broke down and I couldn't fix it. Like, uh, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I think about the things that are stacked up against me in my everyday life that seem to be in the way of me getting these other things done that I think are important. But it's really hard to step outside of that bubble because everybody is kind of like their own micro universe of of issues and shit right so so like you can never really i i think when you can step away from your own situation and like evaluate your life from like a bird's eye view or the you know the a million mile or thirty thousand feet view from everything it's like almost too late you know what I mean? Because you can't get yourself, 
like completely unstuck from from that stuff. Right. I don't know. Again, a lot of thoughts are racing through my head, folks. So I'm sorry that I top loaded this whole episode. Now, um, <laughs> Howling Three is not very introspective or as philosophical as Dave and I have just been for most of the episode. Howling Three is actually not the Howling that I thought it was. I thought Howling Three was the one that was connected to the original Howling, which is about a news reporter who visits an island filled with cultists. They turn out to be pack of werewolves. She gets infected. The movie's famous for her transforming on live television. That's how the original movie ends. Part two, it's called Howling 2. Your sister's, Your a, sister's werewolf. a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a warlock, played by Christopher Plummer, whose sister is the werewolf. I don't know why he's not a werewolf. How are they genetically related, but he doesn't have the werewolf curse. But he's been fighting his sister for like 300 years. I don't know. The backstory's a little sketchy. Um, that movie is just simply famous for the werewolf orgy scene. Other than that, and the sister also fights with her boobs out. So yeah, that's it's the not other thing. so weird. Fucking her, her apparently dark evil sorcery doesn't work unless she's partially nude, which is how all true black magic works. If you're not half naked, none of your spells are gonna even uh, even do that much damage or take that many hit points off your enemy. That's how that. So somebody roll a twenty sided die and let's let's move along. <laughs> um, now, Howling Three: The Marsupials is about a Australian clan of werewolves, specifically related to marsupial life in the outback. Um, so, uh, this girl, uh, Jerombe or something, or Jeramba, wants to escape that lifestyle. Apparently, doesn't want to be a hillbilly werewolf in the sticks of Australia. Runs off to Sydney, Australia. I guess the big city. Mm-hmm. And uh, ends up being a B movie horror actor. Gets knocked up yeah, by just the gets uh, seen. production assistant. I don't know what that guy's job is on the, on the movie. Like. Well, okay, let's, uh, let's just break it down for a moment. That one scene where he sees her, she starts walking away, and he chases after her for like a long fucking time. And mm. any other movie, this would be like a stalker scene. You know but what no. this movie fell in love with was the fisheye camera lens. They really fell in love with the fisheye. <laughs> what an innovation, yeah. you know. What's funny is like she makes fun of all the werewolves that she sees in like TV and movies and says, "Oh, we don't look like that," or "Well, they don't look like that." And then the three nun werewolves show up and they look like Disney cartoons. Is how good their masks are. I mean, we're talking like Troll Two kind of special effects, right? On all the other werewolves, they they built out it's, they built out basically two werewolves. When she woofs out uh, and grows a bunch of werewolf titties to milk her werewolf babies she looks cool in the hospital and then the matri- the patriarch or whatever the family that comes to get her away from the hospital whatever like his werewolf transformation is kind of like looks like the original werewolf and I, they probably I mean the studio probably had these werewolf parts right I mean they gotta re- yeah. we're using some of these werewolf parts from the other movie right I don't know because this one felt cheaper than the one than the very original, which was pretty decent quality for its time. Yeah. I don't know. This felt very um, had some interesting ideas, but it felt very low rent in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how you felt. Like some of the makeup was good. Like the the makeup on it had varying degrees of okayness. I guess I don't know. Um, actually, what's weird is there's a scene where he takes the girl to a movie. And uh, that's a horror movie, 
Yeah. Uh, what is it? It came from Uranus? Like, ha ha ha. Yeah, and that's also a werewolf. It's like an alien wolf transforming inside of the thing, which is really what, funny. Well, But I was more impressed by the makeup effects in the fake movie in the movie oh, than, okay. than the real effects oh. that are in our movie, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, it's funny how, like, you sometimes say, like, a movie within a movie, but this movie has so many plot threads, you don't know which one to follow. Like, Thank you. This this movie got... Uh, it's weird to say for a fucking werewolf movie, but this movie got very convoluted very fast. Well, there's the professor who's trying to prove that the aboriginal aborigines actually captured and integrated with werewolves. Then there's like... Then, he, then it becomes like they want you to sympathize with the werewolf family all of a sudden. And then it then it's like a, a PBS nature documentary, and then you know, or it's like or it's like the Dorothy of Oz story with her going into the horror movie scene, and then like then there's a party scene that looks like they made it look like Andy Warhol's factory, um, and then like then the the classic werewolf hunters and the this intrusion by the city authorities who just want to like wipe out werewolves, and then, dude. Then, like, the chase with the military and all that stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is Wolf Guy all over again. (laughs) I was like, this is way too close. And then you have, like, the Crocodile Dundee Aboriginal show up, and he's like, hey, hey, you know, we gotta do this wolf ceremony, we'll get rid of these guys. And, uh, and then, like, these flash-forwards, like, time travels, and then, like, they get older, they have their werewolf kids grow up, and then, like, the mom wins an Oscar, and they hearken back to the original movie, she transforms on live TV, right? And, yeah. and then they have Dame Edna pops up, who, like, 80s, 90s stuff, um, it's the comedian in the purple wig, yeah. you know, and does a cameo. And I'm like, okay, now we got a cameo by Dame Edna, which has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. All right, fair enough. I guess we'll go along with this. Uh, yeah, this is my least favorite Howling. Uh, that's why I'm really surprised that Nikki T said it was his favorite one. Um, and I did want to hear why. Um you know, because... I mean, it has it's it has some interesting. It has too many ideas for this type of movie. Like, I just want to see a fucking werewolf movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not a dumb person, but like, I, I set a certain expectation for certain movies, and this did not deliver. Like, even the killings were. Eh. Yeah, it's not really even about the murders. They're kind of like. Yeah, that's like the full house of werewolf movies. It's not really like... uh, Again, I don't know what they're going for. I really... I don't know... It's hard to really know what this movie was wanted to be, really. And and it got worse, I mean, because like for the first, I don't know, half hour I was into it, but then it just kind of plot thread on plot thread on plot thread. It's like... mm, I I don't need that in a a werewolf movie. Like, kind of tell me a simple story. Oh, yeah, but you know what? It's definitely worth renting on Amazon. Oh, for sure. I wish somebody had a link. I don't know. <laughs> Where would you find a link that we don't know about? I don't know. Maybe somebody will stick it in some podcast notes. Um, <laughs> other than that, look, look. you should look forward to how, uh, howling. I can't even say the word howling. How? How? Howling? H-O-W-L. But, of course, I have kind of a, a certain way of talking that sometimes words just don't come out, which is funny because it's an audio podcast and you would think that words would have to come out the right way for people to understand what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe. Um, part four is the one that I thought three was, and it harkens back to the original story. 
And it's like at least two times better than this movie. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, binge now, binge later, binge never. Listen, binge never on part three. Unless, I'm going to have to say binge never, yeah. I was going to say, unless there's a convenient link where you can just watch it in the middle of the night. Nobody will know. You just click the link and go. Um, binge later would have to be literally any of the other howlings, including part two. If you're into sorceress tits, then you're going to love part two. Um, that word's coming back into style, too. It's not even sexist, folks. It's just literally part of anatomy. Okay, moving on. Um, you're probably getting in trouble for that joke, Dave. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Can't take it back down. It's already out there. Uh, um, it's okay. But I think the binge later would probably be part four. The binge now of the entire Halloween series is actually like Halloween... I think it's Halloween... F- is it five? The freaks, the one where the vampire, when the one where the vampire circus guy fights the werewolf kid. Say what? You don't know about this one, the Halloween, the freaks. I haven't watched that many of the Halloween movies. Oh damn, we we could do a whole run on just the Halloween series. We probably could, but this is specifically what the horror question mark is even a horror film. We're doing um, the third entry in some horror franchises, so it's the threequels. Almost three equals, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing in October. Um, if you miss, it came from the DVD catacombs. Hey, they're classics now. They're archived. Go back and listen to those. We did so many reviews. We did Silver Bullet, which um, they're doing a steelbook of that one from Shout Factory, which looks incredible. And that's probably my favorite all-time werewolf movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Dave another minute to finish his final thoughts on Howling 3 and his binge later, binge nows, and maybe what is his top werewolf movie. Um, I, eh, it's a meh movie. I, I, I wish, I like to be positive on these shows, but I can't stick up for a movie that was putting me to sleep, quite honestly, at 10 in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, eh, I, I definitely, I'm with you. I'm saying binge never. I'm going to say binge, well, binge later, you know, again, you can check that link, but I mean, it's a curiosity. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Another binge later, uh. You know, I'll skip all that and say, you know, my favorite werewolf movie, um, you know, it's kind of stereotypical, but I got to go with the classic American Werewolf in London. Um, Not even not even just because of the makeup effects, but I mean, it's just a good movie in general. Hmm. I I mean, you know, I know, like I said, it's a very popular one, but for a good reason. 